Hail and well met, travelers, and welcome to the Kinky Tavern. Pull up a stool. What do you have to drink? Here, we're going to talk about different aspects of kink, leather, the BDSM community, relationships within it, and so much more. All opinions voiced in this podcast are just that, opinions, and they should not be taken as fact or medical advice. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy. Exciting announcement. Guess what, guys? We have merch. We all came up with some awesome ideas. M designed them, and Alan set up our store. We have the classic Kinky Tavern logo, as well as some clever and funny sayings from our podcasts or just from our little weird brains. Our designs are available in shirts up to 5X. Now to get a 5X, you have to go to men's and classic, but there are 5Xs, which I'm excited about. We also have hoodies, tapestries, stickers, blankets, mugs, zip pouches, face masks, and more. So check it out. All proceeds go to our education fund, which helps all of us go to cons, go to classes, travel to cons, etc. So anything that you get will be helping us educate ourselves further to bring you more education on the podcast. If you would like to support us or follow us, we are on Patreon at The Kinky Tavern, FetLife, Twitter, and Instagram, all at The Kinky Tavern. I'm also personally on FetLife at mdizzy, E-M-D-I-Z-Z-Y. Please do not friend me on that account. You can definitely follow me, and you can friend The Kinky Tavern, but please don't friend me on that one. That's for people I know. I'm also on TikTok at MixDizzySoul. M-X-D-I-Z-Z-Y-S-O-U-L, and on Twitter at Daddy's Dizzy Soul, D-A-D-D-Y-S-D-I-Z-Z-Y-S-O-U-L, and all of those will be linked down below. Yes, and you can also find me on TikTok. Yes, I have a TikTok. I'm never on it, but you can send me stuff at uh, pup underscore Merlin underscore Wrecker, R-E-K-K-R. That is also my fat life. You can follow me there or message me or whatever. I also run the Kinky Tavern Twitter. So, And I am on FetLife at Alan's World 111. Please do not friend me. Only follow me there. Those are for people that I know. On Instagram, Lord Alan Vidra. That would be L-O-R-D-A-L-L-E-N-V-Y-D-R-A. Twitter at Lord Alan 111. And TikTok, Alan's World 111. Please follow me on TikTok so that I can get to a live. Excellent. So please give us a follow, give us a like, and keep up to date on what we're doing with the Kinky Tavern podcast. The topics within this podcast are explicit. Listeners should be 18 and up only. Listener discretion is advised. Hi, I'm Mix Dizzy. And I'm Pop Rocker. And today we are talking to you about solo play. Self play. Yeah. So basically solo or self play is any kink activity that you do to yourself. Yeah. It is often looked down upon in many BDSM kink and leather circles, and for good reason. How many times have we seen those stories about Somebody who got stuck in self-bondage or, you know, something ending with needing paramedics or worse. Yeah. Self-play can be very risky. I mean, everything we do within BDSM and kink is, it has risks. And doing those unsupervised by yourself is even more risky. Yeah. If you do these things incorrectly or unsafely, 
even with the best of intentions, you can create a situation that becomes dangerous or even deadly very quickly. So you should have some experience and knowledge of what you're planning to do, even if it's just on yourself. You need to know the risks and safety precautions to take for each activity, like know which areas are best to stick to when fogging, such as the back and legs, butt, thighs, the fattier parts of the body, and which to avoid, such as like the neck, armpits, and stomach. Yeah, and understand that there are some things that just cannot be safely done alone. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Breath play and secure bondage are two of the top ones that I would say absolutely, like, I would never suggest to do those alone. Yeah. With secured bondage, you can't really do that on your own. Mm -hmm. Someone's going to lock you in there, and then someone's going to unlock you, so. Right, exactly. And if you are prone to self-harm or depression, be sure that you're being emotionally safe with solo play, whatever that means for you. That could mean that you don't participate in any solo play that has harm or pain in it. That may be that you only participate in solo play when allowed or given permission by your dominant. Mm -hmm. It may be that you talk about your feelings in therapy and make sure that you're in a good place before you engage in solo play. Whatever that means for you. Yeah. So, why might someone engage in solo play? It's fun. Mm Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's better to kind of explore yourself other than with a partner. Yeah, definitely. I think that specifically, like, when it comes to masturbation, it's very important to your sexuality. I don't have a great relationship with masturbation, and it's a struggle. Like, honestly, definitely something I need to overcome. But I do think that solo play can be used in masturbation, and I think that exploring yourself and having fun with yourself is important. It can help you experience being in control of something that you might have anxiety about. So maybe something that is a limit or like a soft limit or something that you're just not entirely comfortable with. I will say that when I started exploring anal as a bottom, I got a lot further on my own than with a partner for a while. Yeah. Just because I was able to relax more. And that, I think, is a trauma response. But, you know, there's lots of reasons that you can have an easier time with something when you're alone versus with a partner. Yeah, it's because you have all the control. So anything that is a whoopsie or accident is on you and Mm -hmm. it's not out of your control. It's something that you accidentally did or whatever. Well, and when you're doing something to yourself, you can feel it from both sides. Mm -hmm. So it's a lot easier to level it up or down based on what you need, basically, Mm -hmm. or position things right, whatever it is you're doing. Yeah. It can also help you just see how things feel. If there's something that you haven't really experienced or experienced much of, you can experience that alone Mm -hmm. in certain ways to just kind of see how it feels. Yeah. I mean, whatever... Like, we get a new implement or something, I always kind of test it out on my arm or something first, so I know, get an idea of how it's going to feel a little bit. I mean, it's not going to feel the same to me as someone else necessarily, but I can kind of get an idea of, like, is this more stingy? Mm -hmm. Is it thuddy? Is it kind of weird? Yeah. Yeah. No, I definitely get that. And I think that part of self-play that I'm going to talk about later is practicing. And I know that that's something that you and I both do with impact play. especially when we get a new implement is to practice on like a pillow or something Mm -hmm. to make sure that we 
have the balance of the, like, just basically that we know how to throw that specific implement, that there's nothing that's going to throw a curveball at us that's going to make us hit an actual life bottom rung. Right. Yeah. You don't want to do that. Right. So it can help you to find out what you may like and may not like. Yeah. It can also help you figure out what type of dynamic or type of play you want in that dynamic. Yeah. Or relationship that you have. And it can help you explore your identity and kink. It can help you not only explore, but express if you're single, for example, or if you don't have someone who is fulfilling a specific piece of your kink identity, you can do something yourself possibly that would help fulfill that. Yeah. So I have a ridiculous amount of examples. This is a very example heavy one. But I think that solo play is such a simple concept but there's so much nuance to it that examples kind of help. Yeah. So some examples of mental self-play, mental solo play. You can read or write erotica. Mm-hmm. There's some pretty good erotica out there. Yeah. And if you are someone that has a creative bone and might want to write erotica, that would be something really good to do. Set the scene, set up candles, low lighting, comfy spot, and write your erotica. I'm not good at writing. Or otherwise, I would do that. <laughs> I can, like, picture it in my head, but, like, actually writing it out and describing it successfully. <laughs> and I'm the opposite. Yeah. You can also watch porn or listen to audio porn. There's also, like, ASMR, especially, like, masturbation instructions. Hmm. There's all kinds of ASMR, but that's, like, the one that I see most commonly. Yeah. You can also research about your kinks that you're interested in. It's always good to research, but... Sometimes it helps you kind of discover more about it that you kind of connect with. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, personally, like, I do feel more connected with my kink self and, I don't know, just that side of me when I research about kinks that I'm interested in or even just kinks. Like, there's kinks that I research for the podcast that I don't really have any interest in, but learning about it is interesting to me. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Another good thing you can do is to journal about your fantasies, like what desires you have, the roles you're interested in, and what kind of limits you think you have, or maybe there's limits you want to push or something. Oh, yeah. You can kind of write it out. It helps sometimes. Yeah, you can also record yourself, make a little porn. This can be video, audio, or pictures. Mm -hmm. And this can be to share with someone or someone's. Or to keep to yourself. Yeah, make that OnlyFans. (laughs) You can also try role-playing. There are some things that you can do on your own that is uh, role-play, such as being a pet or a little. Mm -hmm. I know you do that all the time. Yeah. Or you try to. I try to little out sometimes, just color and watch a silly show. (laughs) Watch your Disney shows. Yeah. Don't even. Your Disney Channel shows. Don't. We're not talking about it. That is my little time. It is sacred. I don't say anything about it. Well, you almost did. I didn't, no. Okay. I, I never got into the Disney Channel shows because I, I was a little too old for that at the time when they started coming out. So that's not really... My growing up experience was odd. I, I was parentified very young, and so there were a lot of things I did that were very beyond my years. But then there were some things I've always done that were below my ears like i've always kind of had a little side Mm -hmm. so yeah 
Another thing you can do is write naughty things on yourself where nobody else can see it. And wear it around all day underneath your clothes. Yeah. Come dumpster. Person. (laughs) (laughs) I take offense to that. You could also wear a collar and cuffs either around the house or even out. I used to wear a set of full two-inch leather cuffs around my wrists every single day at work. Um, yes, I got some mentions of it, but for the most part, I think people just thought I was a weird punk kid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, they were from Hot Topic, so. Yeah, yeah. I mean, anybody could go and buy them. <laughs> you can also wear lingerie or a rope harness, either around the house or under your clothes in public, as long as it's discreet. Yeah, I mean, I have my day collar necklace. Yeah. I have gotten comments on it at work. Mm-hmm. It um, is a little, it's a little it's, different than... It's a, mainly because of the lock. Right. That's that's the main... If someone asks about it, they're like, what's with the... What does the lock mean? Because most people, like, will put association to, like, with a lock mm-hmm. as something. And usually I'll just say, oh, it's kind of like a reminder of, like, my relationship. Which, I mean, that's true. It doesn't go into the full depth of everything. Yeah. But, yeah, so... No, that's great. I mean, in that way, I can just kind of play it off as, like, I was just kind of my necklace that my wife got me, and it reminds me of her, them. Yeah. So, yeah. Definitely. Uh, you can also work on some self-training. This can be protocol, routine, uh, routine or ritual. This can be putting education requirements on yourself, such as requiring yourself to go to X amount of classes a week or a month, to read X amount of articles or books. Watch this many videos, listen to this many podcasts, whatever that may be. It could also be practicing a skill. There are lots of skills that you could do solo. There's boot blacking, there's service tasks, there's submissive and slave positions, there's anal training. Like I said, that was something that I had a lot more success alone Mm -hmm. than I did with a partner. And then there's flogger and whip aim training, like we were kind of talking about with aiming on the pillows. Yeah. With the whip especially, like, you need to have that training. You need to take the time to practice with it before you even try to hit someone with it. Yeah. Because you can really, really do some damage to the person you're hitting. Mm-hmm. Floggers, depending on the flogger, not so much. It's very, it's less likely to severely damage someone with a flogger. But it's a whip a, is... But a whip is, like... Yeah. There's, like, one, like, two or three inch point of contact with the bottom on that thing. And you're putting all that force into that one little spot. And if you hit someone on the spine in the wrong spot, you can knock a disc. Mm-hmm. Or cause some really bad back problems. Or neck problems, even. Yeah. Whips can also cut. Yes, they do cut. But there are ways to throw a whip that lessens the likelihood of you cutting them. Yes. Whip takes... A long time to learn and yeah. do masterfully. Like I've known people that are starting out with a whip that they practice for like six months at least before even touching knew, a bottom. I've known people that the entire half decades that I've known them, every time they go to the dungeon, they just go in and practice their yeah. whip throw on like a piece of paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So yeah. Next we have bondage. So. Bondage can be done very well on your own, especially like certain rope ties you can do very easily on yourself. Mm -hmm. 
but do not put yourself in a predicament where you cannot release yourself. That's the big thing. You don't want to tie yourself up and then not be able to get out and then you're stuck. You should always have safety scissors within reach, even like attached to your body, clipped somewhere so you can get out if you absolutely need to. Mm -hmm. Definitely. And with this, I would even suggest like not going towards that realm of your hands being bound. I think Mm -hmm. that that helps avoid that predicament issue (laughs) where you can't get out. Your hands are free and your safety scissors are within reach. More than likely, you're good. Yeah, this is my own opinion, but, like, if you're really interested in, like, having your hands tied or confined like that together, whether that be separate or not, I would not use rope on yourself. Just because there's so much that you can do damage-wise to your wrists. Yeah. And it's also a lot more difficult to get out of rope on your own. So I would recommend doing, like, cuffs Mm -hmm. or something that you can easily unsnap or get out of real easily, but you can still have the confinement. Yeah, definitely. And there's also other options to use for bondage if you don't have rope, because not everyone starting out is going to have, you know, a hank of rope. Right. There's also scarves. Mm -hmm. Like you said, cuffs are really good. Ties, like neckties Mm -hmm. and belts. But again, be very careful. Do your research. I'm not going to tell you all the safety issues, but look for the warning signs of, you know, your blood flow being cut off and stuff like that. Yeah, that's usually, like, the main issue with, like, rope. Uh, It can actually cause nerve damage if you lose blood flow to certain extremities for too long. There's that, and, like, when you're doing it solo, there's the risk of, like, if you pass out, if you put yourself, if you suspend yourself upside down and pass out. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, and nobody knows where you are. You're, You're probably going to be held upside down like that for too long. You would die. Mm-hmm. But there are ways to be safe. Have safety scissors within reach. Don't do things that are going to put you in a predicament that could be dangerous like that. Yeah. Have a safe call. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about some of that later, too. So, some sexual self-play that you can do. Yeah. Edging yourself. Mm-hmm. Orgasm torture or denial. Not a fan of the denial. Orgasm schedules. So that would be like a mix, I would assume, of like orgasm denial and release or orgasm torture even. Mm -hmm. Chastity with or without devices. That can be an agreement not to come. It could be an agreement not to touch yourself at all. Whatever that may be. Yeah. It could be you locked up in a chastity cage. Mm Mm-hmm. There are lots of toys to play with on your own. And I just wanted to throw a few out here. We've got um, anal toys, but they must have a flared base. Don't be losing toys up your butt. The ER knows nothing ever accidentally goes up your butt. We've also got butt plugs. Got vibrators and wands. We've got phalluses or dildos. Ball stretchers. Pumps. Sibians. I want a Sibian so bad. I want a fucking machine. Yeah. All right, moving on. We've got pain self-play. We can use clamps, nipple clamps, skin clamps, labia clamps, all kinds of clamps. We've got clothespins. Pins of the clothes. You could also DIY a certain type of clamp where you take chopsticks and put elastics on each end. Yeah. And put a nipple in between them, or a labia, or 
I keep saying those two things, but you can pinch other things in them. Yeah. Those, I would say those actually kind of hurt worse. They can, because you can cinch in the the little rubber bands or whatever you're using. Uh, You can do some mild CBT, slapping it around. I'm okay with the CT, but I'm not a fan of the BT. That's fair. That makes sense. I, I, I mean, my balls are way more sensitive than my cock. Yeah. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, that's a fair limit. Yeah. You can also do needles. Be very, very careful. Only if you know how to do needles. Yes. Do not go deep. Yeah. Um, I, before you do needles of any kind, at least do your research, and then it's preferable you have someone show you. Yeah. Who knows what they're doing. Shows you how to actually do it properly. Yeah. Yeah. You can also spank yourself. You can use paddles, floggers. Crops, canes, wooden spoons, hairbrushes, belts. Banjos. Sure. I mean, it'd be kind of hard. They're pretty heavy. (laughs) Okay, maybe a uke. (laughs) There you go. Don't break your instruments, though. (laughs) Yeah, I would not suggest using instruments to hit someone with. Rubber bands. Yeah. Actually, there is a company, I think it's Terrible Toy Shop. They have, like, a little... It's like a little gun, but it's it's basically a rubber band I wanna, snapper gun. Yes. So like rubber band shooter. It it doesn't shoot them. I don't think it's like stays there and it just pulls it back and snaps it. Really. So you get real close and then. Interesting. Just it's like a little yeah. Interesting. It's really cool. We'll have to. I'll have to have you give me the link for that. Yeah. All right. Moving on. We've got sensation solo play. You can do a wax. Very carefully. Yes. Be careful with wax. Be careful with all of these things, honestly. Yes. But be careful with temperature play, uh, yeah. solo especially. Make sure you get the right kind of wax. Yes. Don't be going to fucking Dollar Tree and buying the first candle you see. Yeah. Get body-safe wax. Yeah. They need to be like a low temp. And you can also use ice. Yes. You can use suction cups. I wouldn't necessarily suggest fire cups on yourself. I mean, you could do that if it's... You can't do it on your back, though. That's right. the problem. It's it's reaching well, to where you can get the cups on is the problem. Solo fire play scares me. Like, that's one thing that I would... That would be up there with not quite as high as breath play in the no, don't do this, but... I think it scares you because I've burned myself so many times. That very well could be. <laughs> I may have a bias there. Well, the only times I've really burned myself with fire are when I'm alone. (laughs) I've never really hurt myself around fire with anybody else present. Like, literally, since I was born, basically. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't know if I've told that story on the podcast. I think that possibly we did in the Fire Play episode. Probably. Oh, yeah, we probably covered that. But that was a while back. Yeah. uh, So, I... Set myself on fire twice before I was two, and I severely burned my hands on the oven before that, I believe. So, yeah, I, I, I was, I, I explored a lot. <laughs> and now you come home with burns on yourself from work all the time. And actually, I really enjoy burns. I, I do. Microbranding is fun. I do want to try that. Yeah. You can also do chemical play. Use Icy Hot. Or Tiger Balm. Proceed with caution. <laughs> There's also, like, special lubes that 
create different sensations of warming, cooling, tingling. Yeah. They actually sell one at the store now. Like you can, Yeah, just a Walmart. Yeah. Walmart. You can get vibrators at Walmart. Yeah. Just like a, there's only like I, a couple usually. I don't think they're the best, but I mean yeah. it's something. Yeah. Yeah. That's just different. That's new. Yeah. They used to just have condoms there and then they like had lube and then they Yeah, they they keep in, yeah. increasing their section a little bit. Yeah. They've also moved it with the baby formula. <laughs> yeah, that's sort of, it's in the family planning section. That is actually pretty genius. Yep. Mm-hmm. They used to keep them separate. Like, hey, while you're over here, look at how expensive this shit is. <laughs> uh, you can also do things like a uh, Wartenberg wheel or like just rubbing a knife, scraping. Mm-hmm. Edging. Down. Yes. I, I don't know. Writing. It's also called, there's two types of play called edging. Yes. There's one with a knife and one with orgasm denial, basically. And then there's edge play. And then there's edge play. There's a lot of them, but... You can also use silk, leather, velvet, or latex if you're not allergic for sensation solo play. Yeah, any kind of different textures, even different just fabrics. Honestly, like, squishmallows Mm -hmm. are the softest fucking things in the entire universe. If I could have an outfit that was entirely squishmallow skin on the inside. Oh, on the inside. Yeah. And just like it like went around every finger, like it was a glove and then it was also like toe socks. So you want like a zentai. Yeah. A squishmallow zentai. Yeah. Okay. Then I can just like wiggle my fingers and toes in it and feel it. (laughs) (sighs) Squishy. Mellowy. Squishy mellowy. Tips. Tips. Avoid getting yourself into situations that you cannot safely get yourself out of. Yes. I know we've said that a few times, but that is super fucking important. Yes. Gags, when used alone, can can contain the risk of suffocation. Yeah. Depending on the gag. There are some gags that like, have holes in them so you can breathe better, but it mm-hmm. still limits your breathing. Like the whistle ball ones. Yeah, it does still limit your breathing. <laughs> have you seen the kazoo ones? <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> they have them. There's a kazoo one, and then there's like a, a party a blower thing. Party party blower? Party horn? Yeah, party horn. I don't want it's, to live on this planet It's got anymore. like three of them sticking out of the front of it. It's great. I I, <laughs> I just, the kazoo one would be too much. It's, the idea of that is hilarious, but I can't, I've never you, been okay with the sound of kazoos. You put them in that, and then you tell them, okay, don't make any noise. If you make any noise, I will be Beat irate. the fuck out of you. <laughs> <laughs> with solo play, aftercare may still be required. Mm-hmm. Plan for this. If you're aftercare, it helps to eat a snack, maybe something salty and some chocolate. Make sure you have that on hand. If your aftercare requires a comfy blanket and some stuffies, make sure you have those ready to go, etc. Yeah. Also, be sure you do your research. Do your research. Do your research. Take classes. Talk to people who've done this kind of play before, whatever you're looking to get into. Or you could even, like, reach out to someone and try and develop a mentorship with them so they can kind of educate you and guide you through 
the best ways to do this and safely and all that fun stuff. Yeah. And I would like to do an episode on mentorships in the future, but just a small bit on that. Developing a mentorship with someone does not come for free. You have to be willing as the mentee to put just as much, if not more work into this mentorship as your mentor does. Your mentor has done the work to get to where they are, to have the knowledge and experience to share with you. You have to do the work to be worthy of that and to earn that. Have a safe call. Keep a cell phone nearby. So a safe call, in case you don't know, is basically like, hey, I'm going to be doing this thing. I'm going to be doing this project. And, you know, if you don't want them to know you're kinky. And I was just wondering if you could call and check on me in a couple hours. And if I don't answer, I need you to come check on me. Now, if you put yourself in a predicament where you have to be checked on, you have just outed yourself. But maybe that's incentive not to do that. Yeah, to be honest, I didn't know what a safe call was until I was at somebody's house. And they brought up the fact that I was checking my phone off. And and they were like, are are you waiting for a safe call or something? I'm like, what's that? I, I legitimately did not know. A lot of people don't. It's not something... I mean, we A, we live in Kansas. Our sex education is abstinence. This is how it do biology. Very little information. Abstinence. I, I mean, mine wasn't too bad, but it wasn't that informative either. Yeah. Most of what I learned was on my own. Yeah. So. But yeah, safe calls are not something that are necessarily talked about or preached anymore. So definitely safe call. <laughs> um, if you are so inclined to do something in public, be sure that it's discreet or appropriate enough that the people around you are not entering into a scene that they did not consent to. If you are doing something in public, do not bring others into your scene that did not consent to it. That is a consent violation. We don't like that. Gives kinksters a bad name. And lastly, my last little tip here. Beware that you are not projecting your fantasies onto someone else without their consent either. So if you are learning to serve tea for your future dominant and you have a friend over for tea and you serve them and in your mind it's sexual, they haven't consented to that. Mm -hmm. And that's not okay. That's one of those gray areas I feel like some people might not think about. I mean... If you find serving tea to someone hot, that should be kept to yourself unless they're consensual in that. Yeah. Well, and like, okay, sure. Maybe if someone comes over, you you may have a tea fetish. Someone comes over and asks for some tea. That's different than, hey, you want to come over for some tea? Mm -hmm. And then not telling them that it's your fetish or it's your thing. super into this. Yeah. that's It's just icky. It's just non-consensual. So... That's all we've got for solo self-play. Be very careful with this one. Honestly, this is one that we specifically haven't covered for a long time because it is controversial. Mm-hmm. And it is it, it can be really dangerous. Like, playing by yourself can be dangerous if you don't take safety precautions. But hopefully this episode helped you think about some of the safety precautions you do need to take. And hopefully it prompted you to... Start taking them if you'd solo play. But I do think that solo play can be very valuable as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's just, it's 
it sucks that so many people do it in a way that fucks it up. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And now, Daddy. It's time for me to give you a tip. Yeah. Would you please let us out with a Daddy joke? Yes. What do you call two birds in love? I don't know what. Tweethearts. <laughs> That's cute. That <laughs>